in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. What a, what a, what a testimony. What a testimony. God is a good God. God is faithful no matter what. Wait for it. It will come. Amen. The vision is for an appointed time. And wait for it. Amen. For those who have been trusting God, who are down, who are discouraged, I hope you're encouraged by that. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. All right. Next Sunday will be our health care uh, awareness Sunday. Hallelujah. Uh, we call it Health and Wellness Awareness Sunday. So our health care ministry will be doing a lot of stuff. They will be doing a lot of presentation. I believe their theme is about early detection. Uh, so they're going to be giving us a lot of talks. They're also going to set up uh, after service somewhere. I believe maybe in the lobby, banquet, or wherever they will give you instructions, uh, you know, for, you know, basic checkups and things like that. So if you know anyone that can be blessed by that, please, you know, let them know. Uh, but there will be a lot of education, you know, concerning our health next Sunday. Amen. Uh, this, week, this past weekend, we had a wonderful time with our workers' conference. Amen. Amen. Uh, I believe it was a very impactful conference. Uh, this book, uh, The Jesus Principles, Lead a Life That Even Death Can't Stop. Uh, this is a book that was, uh, you know, obviously was given to people who register for the conference as part of the package. Uh, but this book, I will want everyone to get this book, especially if you're a worker, but everybody in the house but especially if you're a worker, it will be available uh, in, in the bookstore uh, for $15 each. Uh, please get a copy, uh, especially if you were not at the, at the conference. So that means you need it. Amen. All right. God is a good God. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. And amen. I'd like us to pray this Tuesday is, is the election. Amen. For those of us who are current, we'll still watch the news, all right? There's so much going on now that uh, sometimes it's hard to even watch the news. But this Tuesday is going to be the election. Uh, I mean, every election is important. Every election carries some risk. Uh, almost everywhere now, there's risk of uh, violence. There's risk of cyber attack. There's all kinds of risk. But I believe as believers, uh, Part of our role is just to pray, just to pray that there will be peace, uh, to pray that the will of God will be done, to pray that the plan of the enemy for United States will fail in Jesus' name. Can we rise up and pray? Let's rise up and just pray together. Let's just rise up and, and just pray. Can we lift up our hands and say, Father, we ask in Jesus' name, have your way on Tuesday. So, Father, we pray for the election that is coming up on Tuesday. We ask that, Lord, you will have your way. We ask in the name of Jesus, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come in the United States of America. We pray against every contrary agenda. We pray against every plan of the enemy to cause violence, every plan of the enemy to cause disruption, to cause all kinds of evil, you know, concerning these elections specifically, we counsel them in the name of Jesus. 
We pray that this election, contrary to what people think, what anyone thinks, will be peaceful. In the name of Jesus, this election, we usher in people after your heart. Men and women that, will, you know, that you will use. There's a lot of problem. There's a lot of challenge that we have in the United States and all over the world. There's inflation. There's security issues. There's all kinds of things going on. Father, we pray that you will raise men and women in the name of Jesus, that you that will be aligned to your will concerning the United States of America. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So I encourage you to vote. All right. I encourage you to, you know, read the platform. Uh, we all, you, you know, every, everyone obviously you have... Uh, uh, there's congressional elections, so at the minimum, there is, uh, you're, you're, you're voting for at least a member of our rep where you live. Uh, you know, don't just vote, read the platform. You know, just, uh, you know, at least educate yourself a little bit and, and vote your conviction. Amen. Ultimately, God's will will be done, but all we have to do as believers is to vote our com- conviction. Amen especially in a democratic society. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. All right. Today I'm going to share a a topic I call the blessed life. The blessed life. So, Father, I ask that you will speak through me. I ask, Lord, that every word out of my mouth will be inspired by you. I pray that every heart will be open to receive your word. And I pray that we will be blessed, both, both by the utterance and the reception and the doing of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Possibly the most uh, frequent used word in the Christian vocabulary is the word blessed, I think. Whether it's bless you when people sneeze, right? Or God bless you, you know, or you are blessed. Uh, or, you know, the word blessed is a very, it's a very endearing word. Who doesn't want to be blessed? Uh, even if you talk to someone who is not a Christian and say, you know, God bless you or you are blessed, they are likely going to say amen to that. Uh, because everyone is obviously endeared to the idea of being blessed. Being blessed carries uh, something positive in everyone's mind. We associate blessed with doing well, uh, being prosperous, you know, having things, having a good life. Uh, blessed, you know, being blessed or having a blessing is something that really everybody really wants to be part of. Amen. Of course, the opposite of being blessed is being cursed. Nobody wants to be cursed. Nobody wants to be associated with anything cursed. In fact, when things don't go well in people's life, I mean, people sometimes ask questions. Are you under a curse or is there a curse? Because we understand intuitively the opposite of being blessed is being cursed. And when someone is blessed, we expect things to go well. Uh, but we're going to go into the scripture a little bit and really find out what does the Bible say about being blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Hallelujah. 
Uh, we're going to look at, I mean, the, the original word for blessed. Uh, the original word for blessed, I mean, just to clarify, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew language, all right, which is Hebrew. The New Testament is, is written in Greek or Aramaic, uh, which is kind of an hybrid. Uh, you know, so we're going to look at some of the original words. The word bless, as you're probably aware, appears literally, literally in Genesis chapter 1. Even God started to use the word bless. All right, so you see that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, and these occurs throughout Genesis chapter 1 during creation. You know, and I will give an example, verse 27. The Bible says, so God created mankind in his own image. But after creating them, he said, in the image of God, he created them. And what followed was, he blessed them. Hallelujah. You know, let me try to open that so I can kind of read it uh, a little bit more correctly. Hallelujah. So God, God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. So let me, let me kind of pull it up so I read it. Uh, you know, verse 28 now. He says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. So you get a sense here. Actually, the word blessed here is the word barak. Barak. Uh, which is a word that can mean so many things. But in this context, it actually means to be filled with strength. To be filled with strength. Uh, which simply, or to be empowered. So when the Bible says he created man and he blessed them, and the way he blessed them, he says, be fruitful, multiply, subdue. Now, don't forget that man was created for that purpose. Man was created for the purpose of being in charge, for the purpose of having dominion, right? Man was created to be in charge of every other thing that God has created. So when God speaks to man like this, he's simply saying, receive power or the power to fulfill your purpose. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? All right. So God created man. God's intention for man we know, uh, which is to dominate, to rule, to be in charge of every other creation, and also to continue to be fruitful. All right. So so God now blessed man, and he, that means by his declaration, or by the declaration of being blessed, he empowered the man to be, or to be able to do what he has created the man to do. So to be blessed, really in that context, is to be empowered to fulfill God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. Is that clear? Now, but also we see the word blessed, sometimes is also used as being fortunate, being fortunate or being favored. Uh, this is, you know, this we can see, for example, in Luke chapter 1, 
Luke chapter 1, from verse 41, when the angel, and this is not angel, Elizabeth, you know, when the angel appeared to Mary, he said, you are highly favored. Uh, but when Elizabeth, when Mary went to Elizabeth's house, at this point, she was already pregnant, and she went to Elizabeth's house, and the Bible says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, she started to prophesy. She said, blessed or blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. You know, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, the word, you know, now in this instance, Elizabeth is speaking Greek. It's not speaking, it's speaking, it is, you know, and the, the, the Bible is written in Greek, so at least that had to be interpreted uh, to, to that language. The word he uses is the word makarios. Makarios simply means to be favored, to be fortunate. Sometimes it means to be happy, all right? To just be happy or be favored. So the word to be blessed means to be favored by God, all right, and to be empowered by God to fulfill our purpose in life. So it's not necessarily to have a lot of things, you know. Now, obviously, when we are blessed by God, it simply means part of what we need to fulfill our purpose in life is resources, right, which we include financial resources, which will include material things, which will include having, being able to live a good life. But it goes beyond that. You know, blessing goes beyond, you know, just having a job, you know, and having financial resources to live a good life. But it actually is connected to our ability to fulfill the purpose of our existence. Praise the name of Jesus. Our ability. So to be blessed is to be empowered, empowered by God and to have everything we need to fulfill God's plan for our life. Hallelujah. Are we understanding the, what I'm talking about? Are we, are we receiving this word? Amen. Now, today there are two things we need to understand as believers about being blessed. First of all, Blessing is important to God. God is not anti-blessing. God wants us to be blessed. I mean, so from Genesis, he introduced that vocabulary to start with. God introduced the vocabulary of being blessed. So we as believers, we should desire to be blessed. We should desire God's blessing. We should desire God's approval, God's favor. We should desire his empowerment, everything he has for us, to be able to live the kind of life because Without his blessing, we cannot live the kind of life that he wants us to live. We need God's blessing to be able to get to the end of our life and look back and say, wow, I'm blessed. You know, that is, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I, I, I am living with this sense that I have really fulfilled my purpose. And that's how people have lived. Even Apostle Paul even at the end of his life, he said, I have finished my course. Now, he didn't look like a blessed man to another person. In fact, in this instance, 
he was going to be, uh, to be executed. All right? He was going to go. He was going to be executed for the sake of the gospel. All right? But even in that instance, he wrote to Timothy. He said, look, I have finished my course. That means I have fulfilled the purpose of my existence. The reason why God called me, the reason why God saved me, the reason why he put me on this earth, I have completed it, so I am a blessed man. <laughs> Did you get what I'm talking about? So, you know, we, and that should be the desire of every one of us. The desire of every one of us is, uh, you know, that I want to fulfill everything. I remember one of my friends used to have a, uh, a blog, and I, and I love the name of his blog. It's called Die Empty. And when he first said, I said, what do you mean? He said, I want to die having released everything that God has put inside of me. You know, every potential, everything, you know, that God has put inside of me. I want to get to the end of my life and have this feeling and assurance that, you know what, I have poured everything out. That is what it means to be blessed. You know, that we are fulfilled. And unfortunately, many people die unfulfilled. Many people die crying. Many people die with regret. Many people die with a sense that, you know, maybe I could have lived my life differently. There's so many missed opportunities. There's so many things that I, you know, I should do. Miles Monroe, late Miles Monroe, in one of his, you know, I think his most famous message that he preached in his lifetime, started to talk about uh, the richest places on earth. And he said when many people, when people look at the richest places on earth, you know, they look at obviously, you know, Saudi Arabia, a lot of oil, right? They look at, uh, you know, even a lot of places in Africa like Congo. Congo is probably the richest country in terms of natural resources. They have everything. They have everything that you can think of, you know, from diamond to gold to all kinds of, you know, there are so many natural resources in many places of the earth. So when we want to talk about the richest places, we can mention them. But he said, but there's a place that people miss. And he said, that place is the, is the graveyard, the cemetery. That, that has to be the richest place on earth. Because in that place is... So many dreams are buried. So many potentials are buried. You know, so many books meant to be written, never written. Songs meant to be written, never written, right? You know, so many, so many potentials that God has put inside of people, you know, because God, God is not a God of mistakes. He creates all of us with plan, with purpose, with intention. And he put them inside of us. And that is what we call potential, right? Potential uh, are things that could happen but hasn't happened yet, right? That's potential. When we say this guy has potential, you know, and everything that we do really starts with potential. You know, we're able to recognize this person has the potential to be the best basketball player, all right? That's millions of dollars right there, right? You look at that, you say, oh, this is a potential multi-million dollar person working. But if the potential never gets translated into reality, then that's a waste. We all 
want to go having fulfilled our potential. Isn't that what you want to be? Say, Lord, help me to fulfill my potential. Amen. Now, when God put potential in us, he gives us and he blesses us. So when God created man, there was potential in man. Man was just a potential. Uh, he's a man that God has, you know, God created man with a lot of potential. Then he blessed man. You know, he blessed. And he said, be fruitful. Multiply, subdue. So God releases the power for the man to fulfill his potential. So when we are blessed, that means we have everything we need to be everything we are called to be. I want you to say, in Christ Jesus, I have everything I need to be everything I can be. That's what it means to be blessed, to have everything you need to be everything you can be. That's a blessed man. Hallelujah. And that's you and me. Amen. Now, we must now understand as new creation in Christ that every believer is blessed. And that, that brings me to maybe number two, two truths now. Everything I've said, you can categorize it in one, which is what is being blessed. We understand that now. Now, every believer is blessed. Now, in fact, the purpose of our salvation is to bless us, to really allow us to be blessed. I mean, God is so concerned about being blessed. When he created man, he blessed him. When it was time to start the plan of salvation, he called Abraham, and he blessed Abraham. He gave Abraham a blessing. I mean, that's one of the first things he told Abraham, in blessing, I will bless you. In fact, he now goes beyond that. He now tells, he tells Abraham, right, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And he says, through you, all generations will be blessed. I mean, like that. look at, through you, everybody will receive God's approval. That's what he means. Everyone will receive God's approval and everyone also will receive God's power. God's empowerment to fulfill God's plan for the others. Every man will truly be able to become what they were meant to become. That is what it means to be blessed. Now, let's look at what Galatians says. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. By becoming a curse for us. Curse is everyone who is, as for it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a pole or on a tree. Now, let me explain what he's saying here. Now, when God gave the law in the Old, in the Old Testament, God gave the law, the Ten Commandments and all the laws. God put a clause in there and he says, if you obey all these commandments, if you, you remember Exodus chapter 20, is all listed there. If you obey all these commandments, you will be blessed. Right? You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed when you go out. You'll be blessed when you come in. 
and he lists all his blessings. And he said, if you miss any of these commandments, <laughs> you are cursed. <laughs> you know, and he lists all the curses. You don't even want to read it. I mean, he lists all the curses. The problem is nobody can truly obey all the commandments. So there is a blessing, I mean, there is a curse that flows through everyone by reason of disobedience. Because no one can truly obey the law. That's why we are, that is why we are not under the law. I hope you understand that. That's why we are not under the law. That doesn't mean the law is invalidated. That doesn't mean because we are not under the law, we should go and kill, we should go and murder, we should be telling lies, you know, we should be worshiping another God, which, you know, no, 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 that's not what it means. I mean, those, the intention of God concerning the law still stands. But it means we are not under that system that relies on those commandments to please God. Did you get what I'm talking about? So that's not, that's, that, you know, it's good to understand that. So there is, uh, the law imposes curse. And that's what the Bible is saying here. Curse is everyone that is hungry. So because Jesus was cursed, and that's really why Jesus must be hung on the tree. That's why Jesus didn't just die any other death. So he must die a cursed death because being hung on a pole is a, is a sign of a curse. It's only a cursed person that dies by being hung on the cross. So Jesus, by going to the cross, took that curse upon himself because we, will, we are all disobedient. We will always not be able to fulfill the law. You know that, right? We will, we will never been able to be to, to do. We will not always be able to obey every single thing under the law. So because of that, Jesus went to the cross. So he became a curse for us. He took the curse that belonged to us. So we are not under a curse. So let's go on. In verse 14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. You see why blessing is important to God. So God is saying, you know, the blessing given to Abraham, saying in blessing I will bless you, you know, everyone, you know, everyone that blesses you will be blessed, everyone that curses you will be cursed. You know, all those blessings, he says, God wants to transfer them to us. So through our faith in Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So through our faith in Christ Jesus, we become partakers of God's blessing. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3. I want all of us to read it on the screen. Let's read it. One, two, go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So you see, that makes, that makes sense now. That is, in Christ, we are blessed. So that means every believer in Christ is a blessed person. Every believer in Christ is a blessed person. That is, in Christ, 
We are blessed. We are favored by God, right? And in Christ, we are empowered to truly be what God has made us to be. We can fulfill our potential in Christ Jesus. That means what I need the most is to be in Christ. Through Christ, I know I can fulfill my potential. I will become everything that God has called me to become. It's not dependent on what is going on around me. It's not dependent on where I live. It's not dependent on where, you know, where I, all those things. It's not dependent on my career. It's not dependent on anything. I'm in Christ. I am blessed. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, this has serious implication because the implication of this is when God does anything, I must agree with it. It's not important that God says it. It's actually more important that I agree with it and I believe it. And God's words becomes my conviction. The problem is many times we don't live as if we know what God, we know what God has said. We are more aware of sometimes contrary things going around us, and we begin to say, I don't think I'm blessed. Am I really blessed? For example, let's say someone is going through challenges. You know, like Tosin just shared a, a testimony. You know, so when you are going through things like that, you start thinking, am I really blessed? Maybe I'm not blessed. Maybe I'm, under, maybe I'm under a curse, you know. We start agreeing with our circumstance. Our circumstance is not the truth. The only truth is God's word. And God's word requires faith. In fact, God says, God doesn't do anything that does not require faith. God does, not, God does not walk with us without requiring us to have faith. And that's, that's the tricky part. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everyone must, that will come to God must believe that he is, right? I have to believe him. I mean, but to believe him means I have to disbelieve many other things. Did you get what I'm talking about? So to believe God means I have to not believe other things. Because there are other things contrary to God. So I'm going through this. I just failed an exam. You know, I just lost someone. I, something just happened to me. I start saying, am I really blessed? You know, maybe I'm not blessed. Maybe I'm not as great. Maybe I'm not as loved as I think. Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I need to go see some prophet. Maybe I need to this. You know, maybe, you know so we start really, we get so confused you know, we lose our self-esteem, like she was saying. We lose how we feel about ourselves. We lose how, you know, everything about us. And obviously, we are not able to have faith in that kind of condition. You see, faith is people, faith is being able to believe God in spite of contrary circumstances. And that's what, so Abraham had to believe God. And that's why the Bible says Abraham believed God and he was counted to him for righteousness. He believed God contrary to everything. He believed what God has said concerning him. But for years and years and years, he wasn't coming to pass. In fact, God even changed his name to become father of nations. That's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, God brought embarrassment to him. 
I mean, he changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, father of nations. You know, so he's walking around. People are calling him Abraham, Abraham, father of nations, father of nations, father of nations. And people knew he changed his name to father. I mean, so he, he, you know, but he had to wait, but he had to believe God contrary. So really walking as a blessed person requires conviction. It means I am so convinced that I am blessed and I disagree with every other thing that's, that's in contrary. You know, when those present themselves, you disagree. You say, no, that's not me. That's not what God says. I am blessed. I know. I think David at some point said, you can clap. I think that's good. Somebody got my message at least. David, in one of his psalms, he said, I will have fainted unless I believe to see the glory of God in the land of the living. I mean, he said, I will have really lost hope. That's what he meant. He said, now, he said, I will have lost hope. I will have fainted unless, even now for the fact that I believe that I will see the glory of God in the land of living. That's it. That's faith. That's someone walking in faith. Walking in faith means I believe I am blessed. And I look, I look at Galatians 3, uh, 3.13, uh, 14, and it says, The blessing of Abraham has come to me. Christ has redeemed me from every curse. And he has blessed me, you know, with the blessing of Abraham. And I use that, and I go to Ephesians 1.6, and I say, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Every blessing in heavenly place have been blessed. So I take that to contradict every other thing around me. But that's, that's, you see, that's not easy to do in real life. The easiest thing to do is to, you know, is to complain, is to let people know. For some reason, it's so human for us to say, to express our frustration, especially in a very, very negative way, all right? And to believe things that, See, and the enemy, is so, the enemy is so good by presenting things to us, and we believe it, and we voice them out. You know, and we think it's casual. You know, and most times, the enemy is so untrue. It's so untrue. So, very important. We must put on the mindset of a blessed person. That's what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is telling us. Do not conform to the pattern of this word. Did you say that? Did you hear that? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, that is what being a believer is. Being a believer means I am transformed by the renewal of my mind. Now, I am not conforming because, you see, the pattern of this word is, is around me. Everything is, everything is crazy around me. But a believer who is in the word of God, a believer who is taking on the word, who is really injecting the word, who is planting the word of God, is able to counterbalance all that by God's truth. Refuse to be defined by what is going on around because I have God's truth. Many times the reason why we are not able to is because we are not injecting God's truth. You see, when we inject God's truth and we are so convinced of them, it becomes a force inside of us 
that the force is so powerful that it just counteracts any lie that the enemy is trying to tell us. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? And that's what the Bible is saying by, you know, don't, be com- don't conform to the pattern of this. Don't, don't say what people say. Don't agree with everybody. Oh, this is bad. This is going to, oh, economy is crazy. Oh, well, I'm in trouble. Oh, yes, I'm this. I'm done. Things, I mean, all these things that people say because of what is going on. You hear bad news. All of a sudden, we want to confirm the news. We want to say, oh, yeah, maybe that's what people are saying. No. We, because we are so filled with God's truth, our natural tendency is to reject them because we have a superior truth. Did you get what I'm talking about? But it becomes a problem when you don't have a superior truth. When it's not in us, we are not convinced, we are not fully persuaded. So we must put on the mindset of a blessed person. So a mindset of a blessed person allows us to truly walk as blessed people. It won't, it won't matter that we are blessed if we can act and live and put on a mindset of a blessed person. It won't. Now, we're going to look at the second aspect of this. We now need to walk in God's blessing. All right? And now, I'm running out of time, but I'm going to quickly read Psalm 1. One, two, three. I'm going to read Psalm 1, verses 1, 2, 3. It gives us the other side of this. Psalm 1, verses 1, 2, 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, this is saying here that <clears throat> as people who are blessed in Christ, we also have an obligation. We have a responsibility to respond to God by aligning to him, by living as blessed people. That tells me there are some things that we cannot engage in as people who are blessed by God and we want to walk in his blessing. That tells us that even though we are blessed, we can undercut our blessing by choices we make, all right, by how we live is important. It's almost like uh, in Romans chapter 6, Paul says, shall we continue in sin and say grace shall abound, you know. Now, even though we have grace, grace is free, grace is through Christ, but he said we cannot continue in sin and expect grace to abound. No, that is, it's not going to happen. We cannot be walking contrary to God's word, God's word, and, and expect us to experientially enjoy God's blessing. They both don't work together. The mindset of a blessed person should drive us towards certain behavior. Should drive us towards certain way of life. 
That's what we have been teaching, we are learning, for example, in the book of James. Certain way of life that puts us in a condition and position to walk in God's blessing. That means, as a believer, if I want to, knowing that I'm blessed, I, that idea, that thought, that understanding should drive me towards certain way of life. So here David is saying, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, what counsel do you receive? There's ungodly counsel. There's godly counsel that is given to us how we should live, right? How we should run our life. How we should, how we should run our marriage. How we should run our finances. God has given us his counsel. But the question is, do we follow his counsel or do we take the ungodly counsel? There's a lot of ungodly counsel. There's a lot, there's a lot of... <laughs> I was watching one of these shows, you know, some psychologist, PhD, doctor, something, trying to fix people's marriage. And the way he does, I think it's she, she does it is to have them swap. Just be married to somebody for like, a, I think, a few weeks. And now, after a few weeks of living with another man or woman, then they come together and they start debriefing. And they, I mean, you're like, wow. This is, I mean, and this is presented as something that is really like brilliant. I mean, like, that's, a, that's, that's demonic. That's ungodly, all right? So, so and in many ways, we have to really be, he said, look, you can be a blessed person and walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You can be a blessed person and stand in the path of sinners and associate and do things. You can be there and sit in the seat of discomfort. You can be scornful and really expect to walk in God's blessing. But he says, your delight is in the law of the Lord. He said, this person, his delight is in the law. He, 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 he delights in God's counsel. He delights in God's words. He aligns himself or she aligns himself. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Taking delight in the Lord is very important. Psalm 112 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commandments. They delight. They love God. They love His way. They love His way of life. Not that they are enduring it. Not that they are, you know, they are doing it and complaining. So many people serve God and they are complaining. They serve God and they are, they are whining. They're like, wow, what? You know, no, no. He said, someone who truly delight in the Lord. Who wakes up and say, you know, just say, I love you, Lord. Who, whose delight is in God's word, God's way, God's way of life, God's blueprint, God's pattern. We get ourselves to a point where we actually love it. We don't just do it. We love it. I think that's a, that's a, that should be a tagline. I'm not just doing it. I love it. I'm just not working with God. I love working with God. I'm not just reading the Bible. I love it. And he says, such a person will walk in blessing. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you ready to say I'm that person?
Can we stand up and say, Lord, I am that person. Say, Lord, I'm that person. I'm that person. I love, my delight is in you. Can you just say, say, Lord, my delight is in you. My delight is in you. My delight is in you. I thank you because in Christ Jesus I'm blessed. <laughs> say, I thank you because in Christ I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I'm not under a curse. I refuse every other thing contrary that is going on around me. Now I refuse them. I believe in the word of the Lord. I believe in what God has said. God has said concerning me. I am blessed in Christ Jesus. I have the blessings of Abraham. I am blessed in Christ Jesus. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. In Christ Jesus, I have the power. I am empowered to do, to fulfill, to be everything that God has called me to be. I have everything that I need in Christ Jesus. I have everything that I need to be everything I am called to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, if you're here under the sound of my voice, you have not truly met Jesus. Jesus is an idea in your mind. Jesus is just, you know, you're familiar, but you've not had an encounter. This, this will be a good time. Or you're watching me online, and you want to say, you know what, I would like to truly be introduced to Jesus. I'd like to do that tonight, or this, this afternoon. Hallelujah. I'd like to do that while all eyes closed. If you're that person, will you raise your right hand? while I pray. For that person in the house, please raise your right hand. Just wave it so I can see. I'll give you 10 more seconds. You are that person here. You want to say, Pastor, please introduce me to Jesus. I want to know him. Because in Christ, I have everything. In Christ, I am blessed. And if you're watching online, you can just put your hands on your chest and just, and just pray with me. So, Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who want to receive Jesus I ask that Lord you will reveal yourself to them you will show yourself to them let them know you even as they confess you today publicly I pray that you will receive them they will receive a touch from you they will be blessed with every blessing every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord empower you to be everything he's called you to be in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.